Hello, it's Yugen time. If this is the first time you've listened to the podcast, it might be an idea to go back and have a listen to the workshop that Stanford M. Forrester did in episode 11 of this fourth series. That's going to give you a great introduction to this episode of the Haiku P podcast. So welcome to episode 16 of the fourth series of the Haiku P podcast. I'm Patricia, and this week I'll be reading you a few poems that have been published in other journals and magazines. And lots and lots of poems that have been written just for you, using Yugen. As usual, I have company. I'm joined by two familiar voices, Kristen Lindquist and M. Shane Pruitt. And one voice that is new to the podcast. Although if you're a regular, you'll know his poetry. B.A. France. They very kindly read through all the submissions this time and have chosen three poems that they'd like to nominate for the judge's choice. If you'd like to read their commentaries, they'll be in the journal, which I hope to publish in September. Do make sure you're on the mailing list so you'll get advance notification of the publication date. You can sign up on the website. All the poems that you hear today will be in the show notes, so do please go along and have a read. And now, before I go on, this might be a good time to remind you that this month we're writing haiku using place names. If you haven't already done so, please send your place name haiku by email by the 20th of August 2021. If you need some inspiration, you'll find a couple of workshops by Richard Tice in episode 13 and 15 of this series of the podcast. And so, without further ado, let's hear some poems that were previously published. As usual, I'll read the poem first, and the poet second. Highway Markers The Journey Measured by Cherry Blossoms M. Shane Pruitt Which received second place in the first Yugen International Haiku Contest. Congratulations, Shane. Red bus on the Euston Road. A glimpse of her. That one was by me, and it was in Blythe Spirit, 31.2. Ghost Apple. This emptiness inside. Debbie Strange. And this one was in the Shamrock Haiku Journal, 42 in 2019, and was shortlisted for the 2019 Touchstone Awards. Congrats, Debbie. I'd like to welcome Kristen Lindquist back to the podcast. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Patricia. Now, I hope you heard Kristen's reading in Season 4, Episode 9, but if you haven't, then I recommend you do. It's a piece of work I really enjoyed recording, and it's had very good feedback so far. Excellent. Kristen, any news on the publication of your chapbook yet? No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's easy enough. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) We'll move on. And if you do get news, tell me and I'll put the word out. (laughs) I will. Thank you. (laughs) Now, tell us, which poem have you chosen as your nomination this month? So I have chosen uh, Robert Kingston's haiku, Tower Rampart. Tower Rampart, a raven lets go of its voice. 
tower ramparts, a raven lets go of its voice. And what was it about that that made you choose it? Well, and I'll start off by saying that personally, I, I love ravens. They were uh, a, the theme of our, my wedding with my husband and uh, we have black wedding rings to commemorate it. Um, so from a personal level, it, it struck me immediately. So if any creature embodies the concept of Yugen, it's the raven. Historically, this big black bird has been feared and revered. In Norse mythology, Odin's ravens, Hugin, Thought, and Munin, Memory, flew the world each day and whispered into his ears each night about what they had seen. Some native cultures regard raven as a trickster that stole the sun and brought life to the earth. Others recognize raven as the companion of wolves and thus a harbinger of death or a helper when they're hunting. Ancient Celtic cultures associated the carrion eater with death in battle, as well as with Bronn the Blessed, a protector god. And of course, there's the legend that Britain will fall if ravens ever leave the Tower of London. So the story about the tower is what came to my mind as I read the first two lines of this haiku by Robert Kingston, immediately placing me in the realm of myth, as well as causing me to wonder what the raven is letting go. Is it letting go of itself as it soars into the air from on high, perhaps drawn by something dead below? Or perhaps it's demonstrating the aerial acrobatics for which the bird is well known? Or did the raven let go of something it was holding in its bill? As I try to imagine what that object might be, the mystery and sense of fairy tale grow ever deeper, making me further appreciate the ambiguity introduced in these first two lines. A raven has presence. If you've ever heard its strange quirks and shrieks while hiking through the forest, you have felt this presence even if you never saw the bird itself. So the playful twist in line three in a poem about a verbally gifted trickster bird makes perfect sense on many levels. The raven's eerie voice let loose from the ramparts adds a sensual magic to the scene. I can hear those calls echoing in my head and beautifully captures my full poetic attention. So that's why I chose this one. Oh, it's interesting. I hadn't thought of the myths. Oh, I don't know enough about ravens really, but immediately with the Tower Ramparts, I was like you off to the Tower of London and, and um, <laughs> worrying about the that the, my, my country was going to be in its decline but you know so that's where I went with it so it's really interesting to hear the other side of it about the myths um, and that, that makes perfect sense actually so thank you thank you for that insightful commentary and for the education Kristen <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> now back to your poetry seamless the starry sky I add my breath Carla Ramesh. Floating in the sea, I am a star. Susan Young. Fresh persimmons, in each seed, a new universe. Marilyn Ward. The unfinished blanket, 
Grandma's Empty Hands Still Knitting Richard Tice A rustle on the lakeshore Rising fog Daniela Misso Petrichor steaming from the pavement Summer rain James Young Birth, death, that little dash between. Brett Brady. Now this is a poem that works when you read it out loud, but possibly works even better when you see it visually. So do go along to the show notes and read it again. Narrow trail deep into the woods. Wild orchids. Bruce H. Feingold Deepening fog The boy in my selfie fades away Vandana Parashar The crystal vase holds yellow chrysanthemums Till long after Nina Singh Thin breeze, the monk's bowl brims with nothing. Ravi Kiran The song sparrow has become two. Spring deepens. Kristen Lindquist A butterfly, halfway in, drifts out. Christina Chin Now I hope I've done justice to this one, Christina. But much like Brett's, it's definitely worth your while going along to the show notes and having a read so you can see the way that Christina has laid out this poem. Bubbles Under the Ice An old song waiting to be sung Pippa Phillips Lost and Found The Raindrop on the lotus leaf. Amrutha Prabhu. Vacant cobwebs on frosty hedgerows, hunger awaits. Kim Russell. Cases down, the stranger in line squeezes my hand. E.L. Blizzard. Cup of oolong, I listen to its steam. Roberta Beach Jacobson Flower-filled leaf boats float down the Ganges. Sunset Puja Krista Pandey Now where would the podcast be without its coffee donations? Well, I can tell you much worse off. At the moment I'm saving for a new microphone because you may have noticed that you can hear the plosives with the one I'm currently using. And with the help of my donors last month, Giddy Nielsen Sweep, Dale Bennett, Ian Speed, Laughing Waters, Linda L. Ludwig, Carol Judkins, Esther Lim and Natalia Kuznetsova, 
I'm 13% of the way to being able to afford it. Thanks so much. It's really appreciated. And some more thank yous. This time to James Young, Robert Horobin and Vandana Parashar for editing the submissions for Yugen last month. It's really very kind of you to give up your time to help me. And in some cases to pass on a little bit of help and advice to the poets who submit. We can't do it for everyone. But we do it if we can. And don't forget that James, Robert and this month, Ronald K. Craig, are awaiting your place name submissions, deadline 20th of August. And now back to the poetry. Foggy morning. The lost lake returns with the sun. Srinivas S. Srinivas, this is something very familiar to me. Often when I go out on my bike, I look down onto the lake and it's covered in fog. And by the time I'm doing the loop back, I can see it. Family tree, only one branch in the clouds. Dorothy Burroughs. Foreclosure, turkey vultures circle the farm field. Marilyn Ashbell. Her silence stills me into contemplation, wind through grasses. John Hawkett. Palm branches raising psalms on the zephyrs. J.L. Huffman. On my wrist, the broken prayer charm still spinning. Catherine E. Winnick. Footprints etched on the sea of tranquility. Rearing stallion. Debbie Strange. All the day's tales folded in the night where a lone star. Lakshmi Iyer. Sandcastle, a red handle halfway in the sand. Laughing Waters. Old Treehouse, children's echoes fall into shadows. Kathleen Tice. Sifting through boxes before the estate sale, I find only leaves. Robert Beveridge. Fireflies. What happens between each flash? Doris Lynch. At the goddess's feet from the heart of the hibiscus, a ladybug. By Sally Chatterjee Dutt. May crowning at the mission church. Saguaro blooms. Deborah P. Kologi Autumn Solitude I watch her flowers drift with the tide Bona M. Santos Old Square Weathered buildings stooped by the weight of years Bruce Bynum 
loon call. I imagine the shape of the banshee's comb. Marion Clark Sometimes I think that Marion and I grew up hearing the same stories. My grandmother used to terrify me with stories of the banshee living on the mountain behind her house. Obelisk, echoing past in stairwell. Richard Bailey Old China mug, still the taste of new tea. S. Radamani City Park, the crow and the statue, sharing time. Minal Sarosh It's time for the next nomination for the judge's choice. I'd like to welcome back M. Shane Pruitt, who, bless him, filled in at short notice for me this month. And don't forget, if you'd like to be one of our judges, I'd love to have you. In fact, I'd really appreciate a volunteer or two from the Australasian area, please. So, welcome back, Shane. Hi, thank you. This time around, I was impressed with, with the offerings that we had. It was a, a hard decision to make, but I chose Angiola Inglesi's Cut Roses in a Glass, The Shape of Water. Cut Roses in a Glass, The Shape of Water. I kept coming back to the idea that Yugen is about the everyday experience that is suggestive of something more. I chose Angiola's haiku because of the everyday simplicity of the observation. Roses suggest the summer growing season, but roses are now available year round in many places, so that's just a feeling. Roses are steeped in symbolism. We don't know in this instance what they mean to the author, just that they are and that she has focused on them. Did she pick them herself or were they a gift? What color? How many? These unknowns add to the mystery in this scene, but the roses really aren't the focal point. It's the question of the water ultimately which kept bringing me back. Water is the quintessential shapeless fluid. It is the very foundation of life as we know it because the cell membrane is not possible without water. And the shape of water here is just the glass. As with the unknowns above, we don't know what kind of glass and each of us brings our own to the poem. This opens up and determines how we experience the image, what shape we see. There's a lot of space for the reader to engage, to make decisions about the scene, and indeed it is as implicitly required. This haiku can be read in several ways, either with the first or the last verse standing alone, and I think that shift changes the mystery presented by, by the poem. Finally, the shape of the poem itself is fluid. Unlike the normal haiku structure of short, long, short. This poem is short, short, long, as if the words are flowing down and puddling at the bottom. The liquidity further enhanced by the S sounds weaving through the poem, roses, glass, shape. This haiku uses such a common image, but requires us to acknowledge that there isn't always an answer or that the answer is always con context dependent. Roses come and go, there is an infinite variety of glasses, and the water flows, fills, and always finds its own shape. Thank you. Thanks, Shane. Thanks for your perceptive observations. I think it's an image that most of us can relate to. It's simple, 
but Angiola's expression of her subject is very powerful. And before you go, I should say that it's lovely to have you back, obviously. And another thank you, because I don't think people know it. You are my wingman on the Haibun submissions. Shane and I exchanged notes on those that have been submitted. And I have to say, Shane, it really helps me to make my choices. Thank you for that, too. Ganga Arti, a million suns sink into darkness. Teji Sethi, dark alley, footsteps, sometimes distant, sometimes near. Joe Sebastian, cool breeze throwing my mind over the railing. Alex Fife. Becoming one with creation, twins roll downhill. Douglas J. Lanzo. Winter's end, she skims the surface of consciousness. Tracy Davidson. Where I was when I got the news, the yellowed paper's headline. Craig Kittner. Uluru Rock Art, thousands of years old voices telling stories. Rob McKinnon. One day, Rob, I'll get there. One day. Gathering twilight into turned back ears. The rutting buck. Richard L. Matter. Morning. The wetness under a stone. Robert Whitmer. Fluttering towards the red sunset. Palm leaves. Richard Sharma. Restless heart. A flock of blackbirds over the lake. Anna Maria Dombag, San Cristoforo. Dark clouds over the elm tree. Bald eagle call. Palavi Shriram. The get well text unanswered. Wind in the chimes. P. H. Fisher. Bagpipes drifting across the park. A light rain. Sarah Paris. Wave after wave. Are they leaving or returning? Elancharan Gunasikaran. An empty swing. She takes hold of a stranger's hand. Paul Callas. Ancient tree in the roots of sunshine. Wild violets. Erin Castaldi. Autumn wind. The old man cradles the child in himself. Eugenius Sikarski. Dawn break. The stillness in the sound of a conch. Cherry A. All that's left in the potpourri. 
Scent of Summer Roses. Melanie Vance. Still, the war gong sounds. Kelly J. White. The ceramic pot she'd thrown at him. Kintsugi. Linda L. Ludwig. Canyon Shadow. A pebble comes to rest. Martin Gottlieb Cohen. Short and sweet, a dying star's final glow. Footprints in the sand. Wendy Ghent. Dark alleyway, the dim glow of a cigarette. J. Friedenberg. Along the path of a kite's curving bill, apple snail. M. Shane Pruitt. Bamboo flute, a bird spreads its wings. Laurie Becherer. Breakup, a hibiscus falls next to me. Devashruti Mandal. In his restless eyes, the clouds. Mariangela Kanzi. Sun shower, the asphalt offers its incense. Hannah Holbert. Middle-age blues, my son sounds like my father. Mona Beddy. Day moon almost a vapour, the liminality of death. Ronald K. Craig. Broken mirror, gathered in my hand the pieces of me. Samo Kreutz. Brief silence before leaves flutter to forest floor. Eve Castle. Eve, I'm loving the sound of the of the Fs, the repetition of the Fs in your poem. Let's hear it again. Brief silence before leaves flutter to forest floor. River moon, fading more, the winter twilight. Hifsa Ashraf. Ocean sand in the bungalow corners, gathering secrets. Steve Ullum. Strength of his arm around my shoulders, the Milky Way. Mimi Ahern. Pitch dark, the sound of a sleeping bag zipper. David Oates. Moth on the wall, hurrying monk in a straw raincoat. Sherry Grant. Dad's weekend, a butterfly comes to rest on the child's shoulder. John S. Green. 
cracked sidewalk, my fate in the lines of my palms. Jackie Chow. That's a great association, don't you think, from Jackie? Cracked sidewalk, my fate in the lines of my palms. Driftwood, letting life take me where it will. Angela Terry. The hairdresser cuts me a new identity. E.L. Forrest. Still wet rocks, the tide turns. Pam Joy. Through broken stained glass, sun rays light the altar lamp. Quiet presence. Natalia Kuznetsova. Estate sale. This solitary pearl in a velvet box. Carol Judkins. We're closing the podcast today with our last nomination from one of our previous winners. BA France was the judge's choice for found poetry with this poem from the Poetry P Journal, winter 2020. Everything nourishes what is already strong. Everything nourishes what is already strong. Welcome to the podcast. Tell us, which of the poems would you like to nominate? Uh, thank you so much for having me as one of the judges. It's been a real challenge, to be honest, uh, as a first-time judge to look at such wonderful poetry. My selection is from the poet Chris Dean and his poem, Father's Day. Feeling the hug, I don't feel. Father's Day. Feeling the hug, I don't feel. I think it's a truism of poem, poetry generally, and Senru and Haiku specifically, that it takes two participants. The writer brings the words, the language, the initial feelings, and surely some intentionality. But the reader brings their own experience, their receptiveness and interpretation. This poem immediately caught me as I read it. Father's Day is such a commonplace holiday one that we all tend to celebrate in one form or another. So the first line, an opening fragment, has the opportunity to draw in most readers. The second line continues the generally positive feeling. After all, who doesn't like a hug? But the third line stops us in our tracks. Together, the second and third lines create a phrase full of mystery and potential meaning. Everyone's relationship with their father is different. Readers will bring their own experience to that mysterious place in between the feeling the hug and the not feeling of the hug. Some of us have fathers who seem unable to show affection or physical care. And so even though we don't physically get a hug, maybe we can still feel it in their eyes. Some of us have fathers who give us the hug, but our loving relationship ended long ago and we don't really feel it as more than an unwanted gesture. Some of us have lost our fathers, or perhaps we're simply separated by geography. And while he's not here for the hug, 
we can still feel it. Regardless of what we, the readers, bring to this poem, it causes us to take a breath and a moment to reflect. Maybe on love, maybe on loss, maybe on separation. But in that reflection, we feel a bit of our humanity. Maybe it's us, maybe it's him. Maybe it's just fate or the mysteries of life. All of this is packed into the short syllables of Chris Dean's poem, asking us to consider ourselves and our relationships, even if for only a short moment, a brief moment like this poem. That's great. A great commentary. Thank you. When I read it through, because of course you sent it to me first, it opened up a new meaning for me and had me in tears thinking about my own father, who I lost many, many years ago. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And congratulations to all the poets who've been singled out for a nomination this time. Now we're going to debate which of these poems will be the judge's choice and which the honourable mentions. It's always really difficult to make the choice, but none of the judging panels have come to blows yet. Wish us luck. What great judges we had this time. Thanks, Kristen, B.A. and Shane. If you want to know the final results and to read the commentaries of our judges, they'll be in the Poetry P Journal out in September. Remember, sign up for the mailing list on the website and you'll get advance notification of its publication. But you can go to the show notes and read all the poems that were featured on the podcast today. Next time on the podcast... I'm planning to be joined by Mark Gilbert, who's coming along to chat with me about long haiku. I know we've got some great examples that make my heart sing. Just keep your fingers crossed that the internet fairies are with us and we get everything recorded without problems. One last reminder that you only have a few days to get your place name haiku to the editing team. Deadline 20th of August 2021. And... A plea for help. I'm looking for someone in the community who is available to connect with an Australian New Zealand time zone to complete another panel of judges. If you think that might be you, please get in touch. And thanks so much for coming along and listening today. And a big virtual round of applause to all our poets. You are fabulous. Thank you. Till next time. Keep writing. I hope I've got everything correct this time in the show notes on the website. But if you read something that's wrong, or I've missed something out, just email me and let me know and I'll sort it out. Ciao!